Hello and welcome to Behind the Lens with EDL. I'm your host, EDL, and I'm really excited, as I am every week, to share this episode with you. I sat down with Columbia football player Josh Smythe McCauley, and we just had a really good conversation about how he's doing you know, online classes all semester, how they didn't have a football season, um, what he has, what he plans to do in the future, how playing sports has shaped his life, um, how he's kind of had a different path to playing sports because he's not really in a sports family. Um, and of course, just like the Black Lives Matter and all of the protests and everything that's going on in the world and what he thinks about it. He had some really good thoughts about it and I'm excited for you to listen. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Okay, hello. How are you? Hey, Erin. Nice to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. I love doing this because I love that we talk for a few minutes and then I have to say <laughs> hi again and I have to explain <laughs> before we get started that I'm going to say hi again. Yeah, no, um, this is the second hi. Second hi was nice though. Can't complain about <laughs> two highs. So. Hey, hey, saying hello and catching up for the second time is not a bad thing. I'll, I'll take it. Not at it. all. No. Yeah. No. But how are um, you? I haven't seen you I'm, in two years almost. I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you. I love that this podcast is bringing me back to all of you guys because, like I said before, like I didn't get to catch up. I don't get to talk to you guys as much as I would have liked to. Like, you know, that's what's so nice about like talking to Trey and Marquavius and all these guys that like I had a good connection with and like, you know, they were so supportive of me and I was supportive of them. But now it's like, especially since they're graduating, you you know, and all this and stuff, I get to talk to them and like get to know all of you guys as people and not just athletes. Like, you know, that's what's so cool about this podcast, in my opinion, is like, I do want to know more about you guys as athletes, but this is like, that's why I like that it's called Behind the Lens because I, mm-hmm. and there's other things that are named that for sure. But I think it's like, you kind of go behind what you wouldn't know by just looking at photos or just looking at like, just being there. Like I get to know more about who you are. So that answers my question of, I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? How's everything going for you? Because you're still in school, right? Yeah, I'm still in school, uh, Zoom University. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm currently in Austin, so I'm back at home with my family. It's uh, it's been a good time. You know, no complaints over here. Okay. Um, Getting to enjoy some, like, quality time with my parents and my sister. Um, which has been really nice because, you know, life's moving fast. I'm a junior in college already. Um, when I met you, I was a freshman and I, that was so me crazy. leaving. I know, you know, that was me leaving this Austin bubble for the first time. And, um, you know, I, I was beginning to get into that space where I would see my parents maybe like three months of the entire year. And, and mm-hmm. my sister was going to college too. So then I would probably be seeing her less and, so it, there's been good things about being home and I've just got to spend a lot of quality time with my entire family and it's been really nice. So I'm doing oh, good. That answers good. my question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, that's good. And I think more of us can appreciate being home, even if it's like I know that some people probably aren't very lucky to be home. Like it's not a good mm-hmm. situation. So I think the ones that it is are very, uh, you know, you don't take it for granted and you get to appreciate it because at some point, this will be done. At some point, we'll At move past point. this pandemic and be back to normalcy. I don't <laughs> know when that is. But um, for those that don't know, just uh, give us a little introduction on who you are, where you went to school, where you're going to school, um, sports that you played, anything like that, um, that people might want to know. Yeah, for sure. Do you want me to start from like high school? Like where I went to high school? I mean, where you can tell you where you went to high school. Yeah, why not? You could talk about the sports you played if it wasn't just football. Yeah, I like to hear that. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, Joshua Smith McCauley. I'm a junior at Columbia University currently, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I went to Bowie High School in Austin. And in high school, I played football, which is what I play at Columbia, but I also played basketball and ran track. Um, well, actually, I should say I jumped track because I was gonna I, say I, what I event? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah, I did. I did high jump and triple jump, and then that hurdles. makes sense. So literally, I, just all jumping. All jumping. Um, I could see that. I could see yeah. that. But um, yeah, you know, studying sociology and education, and enjoying it, and you know, enrolled in Zoom University, <laughs> trying to enjoy it, but oh god, yeah, I it's, couldn't. Oh, it's definitely something. 
Oh, I couldn't. I I can't imagine. I took like one online class one time and I almost failed because I forgot to take a test. And then I like got an extension on the test and then didn't know I got an extension on the test and then almost missed it again. And I was like, <laughs> I think it'd be different if it was like all of my classes, trust me, mm-hmm. because this is like one summer class. But still, oh, I give credit to all of you guys that have to do this. And like you don't have a choice, really. So no. what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there was the choice of a gap year. I didn't take it, but I know a couple yeah. other athletes did. Um, but Anyone yeah, on the I mean, team take it? I don't think. Well, oh, so yeah, I think we've had a couple guys um, kind of take a gap semester. Okay. Um, and, and defer for a fifth year. Um, but that's not necessarily something that's irregular. I know we've had a lot of guys in the past kind of take a semester off to capture that fifth year um, eligibility. Yeah. So we've had a, I know there's a couple guys like Carson Powell is one of them. And, okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I can't. Yeah. I'm so bummed you guys didn't have a season. Obviously I was hoping to catch yeah. a game somewhere again and surprise you guys. Cause that was one of my favorite things. Were you at that game? I wasn't, I was actually, it's really funny about that game. Um, I was right. I think I came out of surgery that day, that Saturday <laughs> I got surgery <laughs> And so I was like, I didn't get to watch the game either because I was knocked out. Like, which is okay. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. you, didn't, you didn't need to. But, <laughs> you didn't need to watch that game. <laughs> no. Um. But you know, I saw you know kind of like the joy that everybody had for for seeing you at that game in Cornell. And, uh, it, it must have been a really cool opportunity for both of you, like I for was the team just, and for you. And I surprised them. No one knew except for Ty's mom. And that was literally the only person that knew I was coming because I had talked to her because I was so excited. But yeah. I was like, no, no one can know. I have to surprise them. I was like nervous. I was like, what if they don't even care? Like, what's like, the reaction going to be? <laughs> They're like, oh, Aaron's here? They're like, oh, oh you're here. Great. <laughs> the best part about it is that all the freshmen who had no idea who yeah. I was. except Like, they knew of me, but they didn't know the routine. They didn't know anything. <laughs> so, like, they would just kind of walk past and, like, be like, okay, who are you? You know? That was like that cracked me up because then all the other guys were like, Edio, Aaron, like you know, oh my god, you're here. You know, it was the coolest. I mean, uh, yeah, it was the coolest. I couldn't have asked for a better, at, like day. Like I, it was just the best yeah. day. So yeah. I'm glad, I'm yeah. bummed. I missed you and a few others weren't there. So like, you know, I wish I could come to a home game, um, and like really see everyone. I don't know if that's even gonna be a possibility, but uh, hopefully in the future I'll be able to come to something. Honestly, I would come as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're always looking to add fans, so. Why not? I mean, I would come, I'd sit with the parents, hang out. I would have a blast. I know, just have a good time. You just take a couple be, photos would, in the stands. I would say, I would have to take, I would feel so weird, like, not taking photos. Like, I'd be like. I'm not this game. I know these people. I'm not going to take any pictures. And I would be, like, watching, because I have watched games. I watch sports all the time. I'd be mm-hmm. watching these games and being like, that That would have been a great photo. Oh, damn, that would have, like, literally, I can't, it doesn't shut off, like, when I'm watching even, like, sports and stuff. It's so hard. So. so do you, I mean, can I ask you a question? I know yeah, of course. Podcast. Go ahead. Wait, when you're watching games, I mean, like you just said, there's moments that, you know, I, oh, that that would have been a great picture. Like, mm-hmm. are there ever moments that you just like miss that you really want back in games? Oh, when I'm to? like taking, when I'm taking <laughs> yeah. photos? Oh, 100%. Because there's times where like, and every photographer can attest to this, where either sometimes a ref stands right in the way because you're in the perfect spot. So then they have to be in that spot because that's where they need to see the play. Um, oh, and then there are times like, oh, like I wish I got that celebration again. Or, oh, I wish I was in a different spot. You know, sometimes you get super mm-hmm. lucky. Like, I remember Alex, my boss at Columbia, when you guys won that game, the last game of the season, the where, yeah. uh, where Mikey took the yes, where he back. jumped into it. Uh-huh. My boss, Alex, was there like, I'm so glad you – because I was at the Notre Dame game at Yankee Stadium. I wasn't at that game. He goes, I'm actually glad you weren't there because if you had missed that moment, you would have been so mad. And I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. Like, there's definitely times where you just get lucky. Like, you're, you know, because mm-hmm. I move around. I don't stay in the same spot the entire game. So it's like I could be in a spot where I'm getting the perfect photo, and other times I'm like, man I wish I was over there instead you know but you get to know the game and you that's why you move around and stuff Got like it. and you know the players yeah. like you know how where players are going to move and where they're going to be and stuff like that um I can't think of like specific moments but 
they're definitely somewhere I'm like, oh, I wish I was in a different spot than that. But I've gotten lucky too. And I've gotten some of the coolest photos of my life just being luckily in that spot and the moment yeah. happening right for me. So you, you, as a photographer, you grow and you learn that you're not going to get everything. And if you, because like, if you don't learn that, it's a very hard job <laughs> <laughs> or else you're beating yourself up every day, every game, every play, you know, and I'm someone that's, I'm very hard on myself. So yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're not constantly frustrated because you've been doing a great job. So. <laughs> there are definitely yeah. some times where I'm like, well, that's the thing is like you guys will ask me like, did you get that? And most of the time I'm like, yeah, I did. But when you guys ask me and I don't, I'm like, no, I can't get everything. Like my reaction flips completely. And I'm like, what do you expect me to get everything? As if I don't react that way when I do actually get it. I'm like, of course uh -huh. I got it. You yeah, know, duh, you got to be okay. confident. You got to act like, you know, you know what you're doing. So Exactly. Pro. So yeah, pro. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, all right. The first question that I always ask every guest is their favorite sports memory, like playing. Um, I try to stick with whatever we have in common. So if you can stick with Columbia, but if you want mm -hmm. and you want to talk about um, high school and just like any sports memory, just your favorite memory. Uh, it could be a championship. It could be a win. It could just be a memory. Like even in Columbia, just with the guys, <laughs> like it could be something like that. Like just something that has to do with the game or with the sport, if you have any in mind. Yeah. I would say my favorite sports memory at Columbia um, was Ben Mathis-Meyer's interception last year. And I oh, was kind I heard of just, about this. Yeah, yeah, and it was just because, you know, I was, I was on the sideline with the injured guys, and um, it was just pandemonium. Like it was something incredible to be a part of understanding that we hadn't beaten Harvard, I think since 2003. Um, so that drought and then just the way that we sealed the game and Ben got that interception um, in overtime, you know, and that now, I mean, he literally called game with that. And then the fact that like myself and all the injured guys who like should not be moving just like took off to, to be with the team and everybody like, everybody on the sideline ran after him and it was just something like incredible to be a part of I can't even imagine like how he felt oh my but gosh just to just to be in that moment with that team um was something super special so that's something I'll probably never forget um yeah that definitely a guy and like a hard worker yeah. and a teammate like he's just all around from what I've seen and heard so it's like what a guy to do it <laughs> yeah exactly I mean like he makes plays like that so it was it was in a surprise but it was definitely an incredible moment for everybody so yeah oh, thanks to him thanks for him for, for making that <laughs> moment <laughs> oh I can only imagine that had to be insane yeah that had that's so oh, what a group did you guys wild. had a pretty yeah I, yeah I heard I remember that I remember that was all over social media that day because I still follow most of you guys. So like, mm -hmm. I still see all the stuff. And I was like, yeah, that was cool. That was great. Anything from high school that sticks out? Um, from high school, I would say, uh, that's a good question. Because, you know, I have to go like so far back now. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite moments in high school was when I got the opportunity to dump a Gatorade, um, like bucket on my head coach. Yeah. So he had just gotten, I think, his 100th win. I think so. I think 100th okay. win. And so I was a junior and myself and then one of the defensive captains on the team who was a senior grabbed the bucket and like chased him down and just dumped it on him. And so that was really cool. And that game was special too, because we had driven like five hours to go play this team in like North Texas. Yeah. And uh, it was a really close game. And the way that we were able to win it, like with a couple seconds left and then be able to dump the bucket on him. I, I, I won't forget that either. So that was That's a lot of fun too. That's such a cool, I yeah, can't say I've ever dumped a bucket on anyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely not something that everyone can say they've done. So that's a cool, how did that feel? That's such a cool, like. It was, <laughs> it was, it's funny because I, I have the video, like somebody took a video of us getting the bucket and dumping it on him. Yeah. So I have the video and I look back at the video and I always just, I'm like, wow, did I really do that? Like, did I really get the that's opportunity like to dump a, a bucket? Exactly. Like, that's out of a movie. That's not a real thing. Like, you don't hear that in an everyday type of no. like, situation. And then the fact that, like, I was one of the two players that was able to <laughs> put the bucket on him, you know, so it was, that was, that was really special um, for everybody involved. It was, it was super fun. Oh, yeah. Definitely another moment I won't forget. That was really fun. 
100%. How could you ever? Oh my gosh. No, yeah. that's I I'm jealous now. I would never have had the opportunity. Well, you can do, you know, you can dress somebody up as a coach, grab a bucket <laughs> of Gatorade. I can just do it on the side. <laughs> Actually, I'd rather take photos of it happening, if we're being oh, honest. You, yeah. Hello? Like, I don't need to do it. I'm way past that now. Now yeah. let's uh, let's get to the capturing of that type of uh, That would be a moment. cool image, too, if you could get, like, oh. the water coming out. Well, actually, so I didn't get a bucket, but this okay. kid, this pat like, a few weeks ago, and it's on my Instagram, I'm pretty sure, of course, how many times do I post a day, so let's not, <laughs> it's, a, it's probably a little far back, but... We had a baseball game. It was a fall baseball game, and it was the semifinal, maybe quarterfinals of playoffs. So, and they walked it off, and they got the celebration. I didn't really get the celebration because of where I was. I hate that field that I was shooting at. I'm very caged in, so like I mm-hmm. can't really get onto the field. I can't be in the dugout, and like because of COVID and like all the restrictions anyway. But then afterwards, the kid that hit the walk-off had water dumped on him by his teammate. But the teammate went like that and, like, threw it and, like, out of his little small water bottle bucket type of thing. And so I have the water in the air going to hit him. And it's, like, you can see the water. And it's it's pretty cool. Like, I was like, whoa, I didn't realize I even got, like, the water in the air in midair. So I do have that. But I still think a bucket would be so cool. Like falling on whenever I see yeah, those photos exactly. from like colleges, I'm like, oh, I want to capture that so bad. Like so bad. Hey, one day you just have one to day. dream it into existence. You'll capture well, that photo have, and you'll be like, oh my God. I know. I just got to have a really good team that goes and wins a championship or something. Um, and I have to be on the sideline or somewhere. And that's another photo that, like, if the moment happened and I didn't get it, oh, I would be so mad. I would be so mad. This is the opportunity. Oh, Uh, you guys don't understand. Like, during games, any games, any sport, if it's close near the end, I'm stressing out so much. I'm like, okay, what's the score? What are we doing? Who's going? Like, I like, where do I need to be? Because if we win, like, we'll celebrate. But do I go by the goalie? Do I go by our bench? Do I, like, Every single like moment that could happen and what might happen goes through my head. And I'm just like, okay, how do I, what do I do? Like, you know, and I'm not even playing and I'm just as, I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm going to explode. (laughs) It usually works out for the best. Yeah. Have you been able to like figure it out for the most part? Oh yeah. 100%. I stress Uh myself out for like almost no reason. (laughs) I mean, literally it's usually it. Cause honestly, I usually have pretty good access to most of the teams that I shoot. So like, I'm going to get there and I'm going to be in the right spot. And when it's celebrations, which are obviously my favorite thing to capture, whether I'm facing the bench or I'm facing the team, I'm thinking of baseball since I shoot a lot of baseball, Mm -hmm. even like even football, if I'm facing the bench or facing the team and I'm on the bench side, someone's going to scream towards each other or they're going to jump. So you're going to get something almost no matter where you are, but there are certain spots that are definitely better than others. And that's also helping like knowing the team, knowing the sport, knowing what play might happen, like what's going to be the ending play. Like if it's baseball and they're at bat and it's like the team on the field is about to win. Well, then usually the catcher and the pitcher are going to jump up together and they're all going to join them. So you kind of know where to be, but you don't know like who's going to celebrate more you know, the bench is going to run off. So I should probably be on the other side. Trust me, all these things are like just going through my mind of every single like moment that I could possibly, possibly, you know, try to get. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, well, another question, I don't think I've actually asked, uh, cause I've like been changing up the questions as I've gone. Um, but I do like this question. And since you're still in school, I think it's a kind of a nice question to ask. Um, how do you think being a student athlete has helped like shape who you are as a person or, and like, and will shape who you are when you graduate eventually? Yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting question. And I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll preface it with what I've been kind of like figuring out this summer or this sort of pandemic time, this quarantine era, mm-hmm. um, because I kind of went through a period where I felt like I didn't necessarily have too much of an identity because so much of my life has been shaped by sports. I've been playing several sports since I was five or four. And so now um, during the pandemic, you know, we're not practicing with our teammates. Um, You know, I'm rehabbing both my injured shoulders 
And so I'm not even, I'm not even working out. I'm not doing field work or anything. So like my involvement in football outside of watching film and, and doing meetings was, was very limited. And so mm-hmm. I went through this period where I was like, you know, like, you know, like, who am I without sports? Because it, like I said, it's just been something that I've grown up with and I've always done. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was no question if I was going to be playing sports in school because sports is what gets me through school. You know, being able to, yeah. to be with teammates and um, being able to play, whether it be in practice or in the game, having that opportunity has always been something that's like pushed me to get through school. And then it's also something that's built um, kind of like my my drive towards success, you know, on the field, off the field in academics, um, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, it was it was difficult. Um, but I think it opened me up and it, it made me explore myself outside of athletics. Um, yeah. It made me really think about what I'm passionate about. Um, and, and it kind of did somewhat come back to sports because this period of time too, we're kind of, I'm a junior now, so we're kind of looking ahead towards the future and trying to figure out what kind of careers you want to get into. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, what's something that I might enjoy doing? Um and it, it did come back to athletics and I think yeah. it came back to like athletics and bi- or business and athletics. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting, Gosh. but it was a yeah. lot of impact for sure. I can imagine it's tough. Like, I mean, I played sports my whole life and I stopped playing my senior year and I started becoming manager cause, but like, I'm always involved in sports. Like I think, a lot of people that have played sports can like can say the same, just like you said, like, you know, you now you still want to be involved when you finish because mm-hmm. it's like once you're in sports, it's so hard to leave. Like, it's just uh-huh. such an environment that like, you know, you learn so much playing, like whether it's like, you know, just to be around different types of people to like get through adversity like you do. You learn so much. But and then once you stop, it's like, well, what else is there? Well, there's so much like there's so much in sports it's still like dry it's it baffles me that people don't like sports (laughs) no yeah exactly like it's just there's a whole world out there of people that just have no interest whatsoever and it's funny because that world is very close to my own because my parents have like very little outside of myself if I didn't play sports my parents would never watch a game of football or basketball whatever in their life that's so funny yeah so So how did you get into it then it was just something, I guess, like, I started playing soccer really young, and they put me in that. And so I think that was just something to get me active. And then I moved to Texas. So I, was, I was born in New Orleans. I lived there for okay. six years. I moved to Texas, and in Texas, football is king. And so I'm in first grade, and I didn't know how to play football, and kids are, like, trying to teach me how to play football because I was this tall, lanky kid. And uh, fell in love with it in elementary school, started playing flag, started playing tackle in middle school. And then, um, you know, just like continue to enjoy it and continue to enjoy some other sports, basketball track. Um, And so I just fell in love with it organically. It was never something Mm -hmm. that my parents pushed me to do, um, which I think was beneficial to to kind of like my path in athletics. It was really just something that I wanted to do on my own. You know, there was never a moment where um, either of my parents were like, oh, you need to be practicing right now. You know, that was something that I had to decide to do by myself. so yeah, that definitely my parents' lack of engagement in <laughs> athletics was beneficial. To, what an interesting success, like right like difference between like so many people would say the opposite. You know, like that's what drives a, a lot of people out of playing because their parents yeah. are so involved. Like I see these kids, I work with a lot of youth. Like that's majority of what I work with, obviously. And it's like some of these kids and these parents, like the parents, they love their kid. And but they think their kid is better than they are at a young age, and it's like they're pushing them to do so much. It's like just let them play, let them learn, let them be a kid, and like play the game. But don't put so much pressure on them, or they're gonna end yeah. up resenting it and you maybe in the future. Like honestly, you know, my dad, I played sports my whole life because of my dad, and you know, we just I just grew up playing. But he also always taught me, if you don't love it, why are you doing it? And that's why I stopped playing my senior year because I didn't love it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to not put my all in if I – so why would I continue playing? Um, that is a very unique story. story. And I think that's so <laughs> funny that, like, you're <laughs> Oh, man. So then – but, like, you 
So you watch football and stuff then? Still? Yeah, like, you I'm, know, like I, NFL and college and all oh that? Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, I watch football a lot. It's still funny because, you know, with my parents, they'll watch with me sometimes and they're still learning the game. And so there's a lot of things that, like, I'll, I'll teach them as it goes on. Um, I remember not too long ago, I was watching a, a football game and somebody threw a penalty and my mom was like, oh, that that was a holding call. Like, they're going to call holding. And they called holding. And she was like, ah! I, like I, I knew it. So I was like, yes! yeah, there you go. And then, Good job, um, mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I remember uh, one, of, one of my, like, fondest memories of my dad, like, watching football with my dad was during uh, the Super Bowl. I think it was the Seahawks versus the Patriots. And um, there was, like, a, a deep ball by Russell Wilson. And I forgot who caught it. But, like, he caught it laying on his back. So he was laying down. The receiver fell down. The ball bobbled in the air. And he caught it. And my dad was like, oh, my God. Like, he just – I've never seen him get so excited about sports. And he was like, that was incredible. Like, did you see what he did? He's like, that's why those guys get paid so much. Yes! <laughs> so, yeah, that was really cool, too, because I'd never seen him get that excited about, like, football. Oh, and my so gosh. Was, I love it. Yeah. There's some fun stories that come out of Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny because it's the opposite. Me and my dad – I mean, I will say, I think when I started liking sports more – as I grew up, I think my dad then did too a little bit. And then like, and we always talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Like that's 90% of our conversation all of the time. Um, so it's just so, it's so interesting to me to hear like a story of someone yeah. <laughs> that grew up in a yeah. house. It's like, yeah, no, I guess like we'll watch some sports. Maybe yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. I know, guess it's, it's on, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's always on. Like my dad watches Red Zone on Sunday all day. Like yeah. it's just on See? and we're just you know, like it pumping through and stuff. Like I grew up a Yankees fan for baseball. So like always watching the Yankees, like I'm we go so to games. Sorry. They're, they're doing well, but they're not getting where they need oh, to be. Oh, I know. I hate it. I hate it. Cause <laughs> it's just like, you get to talk crap throughout the whole regular season. And then we get to the postseason. It's like, really? Mm. And also I personally, cause Chapman threw our last game. I personally don't even think he should be on a team because of his charges, but there's a lot of people that, because he has, you know, domestic abuse charges, but there's a lot of people in sports that shouldn't be on teams because of things like that, but they're athletes, so I guess they get a, I hate it, I hate that, and I, like, I, no, I, I hate it, I mean, there, it's, I hate that athletes get, like, a pass, because, like, they're athletes, so what? They're people. And the no, other exactly. people that they abused are people. So like that, that you're literally like dehumanizing that person. Like you're making them seem like, well, that doesn't matter. Cause they're not an athlete. They're not a star. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like, I think it's a celebrity thing rather than yes. just like an athlete. Cause like you see I mean. other, yes. yeah. Right. You see, you know, I'm trying to think of like actors or whatever, but you know, like oh, people no, like I that. Never, it like it goes blank right, right? when I want to when think of started, somebody. Like when you start thinking about people, but you know, all these people that are in the limelight, they they get away with so much, and then you kind of wonder like, how does that reflect on on like you know normal citizens on on the rest of society? Because you're holding these people to a certain um, you're holding these people to a certain light, and they're doing these things that they kind of just get away with. So you're thinking to yourself like, huh. You know, if you're little and you're in a situation where you're very impressionable, you can grow up to start thinking like, you know, these are things that people take lightly. Like you can get away with these certain things. And I don't know. I've seen like the NFL is is somewhat to an extent, I think, since like the Ray Rice situation become a little bit more strict. um, But to the same extent, um, yeah, but. You know, there's there's a lot of leeway that gets involved, but when you're dealing with people who are making millions of dollars, it's very hard to yes to get rid of them. Exactly, and when they're usually crucial players to the team, mm. it's like, well, we need them to succeed, and we need yeah. them to make us money. You know, so it's like both ways. And I think you bring up a good point with like saying the impressionable, like with the kids and stuff, because I think about that right now with our president and what he says, and it's like that's very impressionable on millions of people. And that's why for the past four years, a lot of things have become even worse because he says things. And so now every person that follows him believes that it's okay to say those things when in reality it is not. No, exactly. You know, like, that, that more than a lot of things is one of the biggest issues I had with, with him. Me um, too. No, because it's just like, 
when you're, I don't think a lot of people understand that when you're in a position as high as the presidency in the United States, what you say really matters. Like it, it really matters. And it, like that's why it, I really can't stand when people go, oh, like, you know, his verbiage and his tone. Yeah, it's not great, but his policies are. I'm like, dude. Same. Oh my God, same. Continue. I had to. No, yes, yeah. I, it's, I, it it, it kind of just disturbs me because you're really ignoring a lot of the negativity that his words carry to a lot of minorities and a lot of disenfranchised people in the United States and a lot of other people that like people don't want to talk about. I mean, he does not care about poor people and he has a, a lot of people in that socioeconomic sphere that are that are supporting him gung-ho and it's like he does not give a shit about you. Sorry. If nope. No, that's okay. I, uh, he doesn't. And he plays the system so well. And he's like brainwashed them. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. I never will. Um, but again, the main thing that's like annoyed me about this entire thing is he says things and then other people think it's okay to say those things. And that yeah. like, and it's, it's just been pushing now what we've already known about our country and making it more, pronounced and more out there like and just like people believe well this is how it is no it's not, yes but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be like and you shouldn't be this comfortable being this racist or homophobic or any of those things um no. i do think but yeah in a way that um hopefully this is the end of the four years <sighs> but with that being said i think what it was able, what 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 was able to happen in these past four years, was that, regardless of if he's given these people kind of like a pass or you know the ability to speak their mind on these certain things that we deem like are racist and um, just you know inconsiderate to a lot of people, um, and and actually carry a lot of harm towards them, these are the same these same people still believe that prior to his presidency. And so exactly. what was able to happen is that you're able to see these people for who they really are. They're able to come out and be comfortable in saying that. And so now you can address the issue. And the same mm -hmm. sort of thing happened this summer, you know, with the killing of George Floyd, which was, you know, something that, you know, me, myself as a black man, I've been seeing since, you know, since I can remember, you know, since I can remember being able to to, to, to think about it, like to actually think about what that means to see, mm -hmm. you know, somebody like Trayvon Martin get killed um, mm -hmm. and, and not face justice for it. And so, you know, I think what happened is that now you see the issue. The issue is in the light. The issue is in the forefront. Whereas in the past, the issue was kind of just sinking back into the fabric of what America is and mm -hmm. was. And so now that these people are exposed, they've exposed themselves, you can really look at them, you can look at what they're saying, and you can begin to try to address it and move forward. Because what we were doing in the past was not, we weren't, I don't necessarily think we were even making too much, too much progress. I think there were a lot of people that were just getting by um, with subtleties. There was a lot of subtle racism um, mm -hmm. and, and subtle, you know, homophobic remarks. Um, et cetera, whatever it may have been, that were just not being addressed because they didn't necessarily need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And now all that is in the forefront. So it, it's now that we're in a period of time where it's, we need to tackle these issues. We really need to look at what these people are saying, why they think this is, like why they think it's true, um, what enables them to believe these things and how we can move forward with them along because it, it nothing changes unless you start to get a majority of people you know thinking that this what the, what the, what is being said is not wrong or is wrong yeah i agree completely i never thought of it like i when you started i was like oh yeah that makes sense and then you kept going i was like oh that really makes sense <laughs> and i like that thought and like you know it's almost like you had to go through like you have to go through the bad times to get to the mm -hmm. good and that's a, a statement that you can believe in anyone's life like you always you know there's always a it always people things always end up turning out better than you think i think i'm a very optimistic person though so like you know i think i try to think that way in life but i never thought of it with this but i think you're right because now 
more and more people and because of a pandemic and with all the Black Lives Matter protests, like people were paying attention and they were like actually sitting down and seeing what was going on. And they now like you can't I mean, people still do fight it as if it's not actually happening and somehow still make excuses when there's literal like video footage and statistics like. But again, there's going to be people that you're never going to get towards. And it's like, no, there's always yeah. going to be that divide. But it, going forward, especially if he's not there anymore, it shouldn't be as prominent and it shouldn't be as like, you know, out there and we'll be able to make the progress, um, you know, obviously ho- with the voting since we voted the right way this time. <laughs> um, well, and last time, really, if we're talking about it, uh, but the system is just a great system here in the United States. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I think you're right. It'll just, it. it's now like, okay, now what do we do to continue the change? Like now, because we've known this is the system, but because of everyone who's in charge, you're just keeping it that way. Cause it's always white men in charge and you're always, they're always going to keep it the way it is because that's the way it is. Yeah. And that's the way that works for them. And so there that's is literally no... only the people it works for. Like literally white men, no. white, like, are you kidding? Like they I try mean, to they, control they, women's they... bodies. Like, you know, they don't care about, they, they feel, they say racism doesn't exist. Like, no, but that's because you don't, you don't experience it. Doesn't no, mean it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Affect them in the slightest. And so until people are able to have sympathy and empathy towards others, <sighs> then we can start to experience some of this change. But one thing that I really liked in one of my classes that I was in this semester was we were talking about not necessarily this topic, but we were talking about technology and um and, and society and how that affects mm-hmm. a lot of people. And so when talking like when discussing technology and society, you're always thinking about, you know, next steps. Like what does like what does the future look like with X, Y, and Z? Um and like, oh, what are the issues that we need to tackle to make sure that these certain pieces of technology are functionable. Um, But one thing that I thought was like really interesting was that a lot of people, a lot of times will try to tackle the problem without thinking about what a future without those issues look like. So if we're talking about tackling systematic racism in America, you know, there are, are certain steps that we need to take and there's fights that need to be fought um, in the legal systems and courts and whatever it may be, but not too many people think about, okay, what does a future without systematic racism look like? Like if you just sat down and really thought about it, what does that society look like for you and for me um, and, and for everybody rather than, okay, these are the issues. Let's keep fighting the fight. And even though that's something that needs to happen, I think it would be super beneficial to have like a group just think tank sit, sit down. What does this future look like? And so now you're starting from the finish line and you're moving backwards. And so you yeah. can somewhat reverse engineer how you need to get there. I like it. That's so yeah, a good that way to think. A- yeah. I think that's like a great, great way to think. Cause I don't even think any of us really think that way. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't even think it- we know what it would look like because we each have an experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, know what, like, we know what we want, but we don't know what it looks like. Cause we have that's to have what it. I mean. And that's exactly what I mean. Like, we know what we want. Like, we know that we want change. We know that we don't want systemic racism, systematic, all of that. But like, what is the system like? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. does it actually mean? Like, we can continue to do all these things. But you're right. I really like that. Because um, I think of all the stuff, and I've talked about this, I think, on every podcast, the stuff NFL or NBA and all them are doing and, you know, like there's certain things like hiring um, people of color or, or women, stuff like that, like to progress. Um, but then they're also doing so many symbolic things that I don't think actually make a difference that like, but they have to do it to look good and to yeah. like keep their image and stuff, especially these huge, comp- you know, hello, like these huge leagues. Um, but what does that even do? Well, how does that like, we don't need end racism on the sideline of a NFL, you know, of a field, that's not, that's not going to end racism. (laughs) Like you're still treating your players in a way that's not correct. And most of them are people of color. Like how, you know. Yeah. What are we going to do about that? So yeah, that's, that was definitely something of interest this summer too, was uh, kind of just like what they were doing about it. Um, One thing I thought was also interesting (laughs) was the fact that, you know, a lot of these, 
leagues and um, other companies too. I mean, just major companies yeah. in the U.S. and globally too. Didn't necessarily start thinking about this stuff until it started hurting their pockets. And that's, that's... another thing. Um, you know, you saw the change of the name for the Washington football team. And, uh-huh. you know, that was something I don't think they would have ever considered doing. Their upper level management, um, their president and the owner. Um, until it started hurting their pockets because then you saw websites, Nike, take down their items. And Nike is like their manufacturer. Nike makes their gear. And so you want to buy a Washington football team jersey. Oh, you can't. That really hurts your pockets. Yeah. And then other leagues are taking notice because the difference from 2016 when Colin Kaepernick started kneeling to now is that it's socially acceptable because yep. of what happened in, in the summer. And so you saw a bunch of leagues flip script. I think the NBA was well ahead of a lot of others in terms of what they were allowing their players to do. Cause you saw that deal with Donald Sterling back then too, and how they allowed players. They've, they've I really admired how the NBA has allowed their players and it is somewhat of a player's league, but they've allowed their players to express themselves on the court as well as off. Um, well, but the NFL- you're gonna- Hold on, before you say anything, if you're going to give the NBA any credit, you have to give the WNBA a lot of credit. Oh, of because course. They do, the WNBA. If, if not, even more. Because they've always been behind, like... Yeah. And they did it with the Minnesota, when there was that shooting in Minnesota years ago, and they all wore shirts and stuff like that. And, like, this summer, they've been... I mean, I think they, they've done even more, and I don't think they get... They never get as much credit. I see it on my timeline, because I'm following WNBA, and I'm following those people... But like, you know, they still get comments like, oh, go back to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, do this. Yeah. And it's like, but they're making the change. Like a lot of the black voters that turned out were because of WNBA and NBA and all of these social, you know, things. But I had to shout out WNBA. No, yeah, of course. Done, Thank you. They've done they, a lot. They did a phenomenal <laughs> um, job. You know, now, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, you know, prior to this year, I probably didn't follow them as much. And so I didn't see what they had been doing. But I, um, I think what's her name? Maya. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the Minnesota. Maya Moore. Maya Moore. What she did was phenomenal. Yeah, she literally um, I mean, stopped she took, playing. Yeah, she took a year off, a year and a half off. And now they're getting married. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, but I thought that situation was really cool. She's um, just phenomenal. And she's as good on the court. That's the craziest thing. Yeah. She's literally one of the best women basketball players. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to step back, you know. Um, but they all like wore vote shirts. Like one of the teams is actually like literally going against the Atlanta dream is going yeah, because Atlanta. their owner is like, uh-huh. like one of the senators or. The yeah. Something like that. What? I think I, I forget which one. I always senator. get that mixed up yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. and like literally went against them saying black lives matter on the court. I'm like, that's your team. Like you, what? And like now that's a huge, that's the big uh, thing in Georgia this that's coming in February or something. Yeah, like the, the runoff. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll have both of their uh, Senate seats are. That's runoff. huge. So that'll be a big huge. push. That's, be oh, a, I hope. Oh, that'll, that'll be, be big. But anyway, um, no, but like, I think you were saying the NFL or something. Continue. I don't know what you were continuing to um, say. I but. mean, I'm pretty, I, I think I was wrapping it up, but uh, yeah. ultimately just the fact that, you know, the NFL didn't necessarily start allowing these privileges of expression to players until it became socially acceptable. And I think you need to push like against the grain from the beginning. You know, I can't necessarily sit here and say, oh, you know, that's the NFL status quo. That's a lot of other companies status quo is, you know, diversity and engagement from their employees and their players. Um, If this is the only time that you've been showing your acceptance of such. And so, yeah, it was interesting to see um, some of that transpire this summer. It's good and bad because it's like, okay, you know, if it's becoming socially acceptable, then we can start to push the envelope and we can start to to really ask for certain things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the, I think, the positive. Yeah, you just hope it's not for an image because everything exactly. is for image. Everything's for money. So it's like you hope that in a summer from now, and I think NBA, WNBA, especially because there's such a player's league and stuff. I don't think they're going to allow it to stop. And I hope that the NFL does the same because they are made of like, 
their entire league is people of color, basically. Like that's who makes the money. So you hope they continue it. Um, but I hope that like in a year's time, they're still talking about it and they're still putting the work in and, you know, and people are still support, you know, doing what needs to be done um, in many different facets of it, whether that's like, you know, still pushing to vote for things or, you know, hiring different people, interviewing different, even just having to being able to interview them, because like, that's the, that's one of the biggest things is some people of color won't even get interviewed because of like mm-hmm. their name, like, or because they're that, like, cause that, that's still just that racism is there. And now people are understanding like, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's what's been going on. And you just didn't, you just would shove it under, you know, yeah. like you just be like, well, this person was better. Like, but really why? Like, you know, I hope that, I hope it keeps pushing forward. I hope it doesn't slow down. hundred percent right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, have you done anything? Like, did you go to any protests or any type of things um, this summer? I didn't go to any in-person protests uh, just because I'm living with my parents and, um, you know, didn't necessarily want to put myself at risk and then put them at yeah, risk. Yeah, no, totally. Um, but no, I was um, promoting a lot of things online, you know, active on social media and trying to like yeah. reaching out to certain people and trying to see um, different things happen. I, I, one thing that was really great was I had a lot of conversation with our coaches uh, on the Columbia football team. And so even some Good. of them that reached out to me during the summer, just kind of asked, you know, like how I was feeling, um, things that, you know, they thought they could do better um as a group you know mm-hmm. as a as a human as a person and so i i really appreciated that the fact that they just reached out um that's really good to me just to talk about you know things that had transpired throughout the summer and different ways that we can combat that as a team and then even now you know i'm uh with paul and quay paul akira and, and mark wavius that you just talked to we're mm-hmm. Uh, with another group of people on the team are trying to push forward this initiative this community engagement initiative I don't know if Quay talked mm-hmm. about that too much on the podcast yeah I don't know if he did it on the podcast or if it was off the podcast because we talked a little bit afterwards yeah. um but I did hear about this which I'm yeah. very excited so about we're, we're trying to get that implemented on the team and try to get some um you know community engagement in in Harlem and in the Bronx hopefully yeah, yeah. Um, you know just areas that are you know, underrepresented that we're neighboring and don't necessarily have, um, in my opinion, the the necessary outreach towards, because I think we could do so much as a community for, for those people. And, you know, they're literally right there and we just don't engage as much as we should with them, with all the resources yeah. that we have um, and the time that we have and, and the minds that we have at Columbia. So yeah, I think seriously. the abilities now, the abilities that we have as a community to be able to go in there and, you know, just like, cause I never, I, I really do not like this idea of being a savior. Like you're never a savior. These people, it, it, it's a complex term in my opinion, when you're going mm-hmm. in somewhere and you're acting like, you know, I'm better than these people. That's yeah. not, that's not the truth. All the truth is, is that you've had, You've had access, yeah. You've had different experiences and access to opportunities that they don't. They yep. don't have the same access to these opportunities. So I think what we're trying to do is give them the access to opportunities that we've been privileged enough to have, and that's that's, uh, that's something that I think we definitely have the ability to do. So, one hundred percent. And I think like, and I think it could benefit both of you because like it's so. And I don't want to say rewarding in that way, like savior way. It's just like rewarding because it feels good to be able to do and like to be able just to reach out to people and just help them and just and you don't even have to really be helping them, but you're helping them in 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 ways like I don't mean giving them things. You're just helping them by like making them feel wanted or known mm-hmm. or like that they matter. And because sometimes people in different situations have been in have not had the best experiences. So it's like, even just that, like those interactions where it's genuine can be so like nice. And I don't, again, I don't mean that in the like heroic type of way. I just mean that in like a genuine, like, I just want to spend time with these people, like these kids. I just want, you know, and to give, like you said, to give them those opportunities that I've had that they haven't. And it's like, it could change their lives. Like one thing, like one opportunity that they didn't have before that they might now it could be game changer for them. Like, it's just like, that's what's so cool about those experiences, which is like 
great that and you could have new fans after that that's <laughs> what i was gonna say i mean that's the biggest thing too we share this neighborhood and we could get so much fan engagement if we're talking from like you know from a marketing standpoint if, if, I'm, yeah. uh, if I'm in the athletics department you know, I'm trying to do a lot of outreach and get some fan engagement and get some of these people exactly. to come. Exactly. You know, like I went, I, I work, I interned at Notre Dame and like their women's basketball fans are mostly older people of the community. Like awesome. it's insane. It's insane. And they interact with them. Someone actually just passed away. That was like one of the biggest fans for them. And they tweeted about it. Like that's just, but that's the engagement they have. And like big, teams like that you know a lot of them do have those type and it's like any school should be engaging with their community because it's just like yeah. it makes because you shouldn't you shouldn't feel like you're bigger than them just because they're you're going to school and they didn't you know again you had the opportunity to go to school they didn't or maybe they can now <laughs> like you don't know what it can do for the future yeah. um i'm excited for that i hope i'm i'm excited to hear what you guys end up doing because when he was yeah. telling me about it i was like oh that's so cool yeah i'm excited Good to see where, where what happens with this so yeah good um all right the ending of this since we're about like i try to make it an hour long so we got 10 more minutes or so um is the photos that i that you sent me yeah um so i wasn't shocked by what you sent um i don't have my phone since it's now recording us but uh you have yours and you can look through them and i know exactly i basically know which ones they are anyway because i did take them and I'm going to start this before you even explain a photo or look at one by saying you are, were, well, the three people I've interviewed from Columbia were three of my favorite people to take photos of walking down because you always gave me smiles. <laughs> but now I have to ask you something. Did you listen to the interview with Quay? I listened to the very beginning. So I haven't got to listen because he, he calls you out one time about one time, like you went out to take photos or something or like went out and you saw me there and then you went back in and you had, you waited for him and then you walked back out with him <laughs> to get a photo because you knew it would give you a better opportunity because I always got <laughs> photos with him, which I have to say, uh, you always got photos too, even when you were by yourself. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. God, Quay, I'm going to have to go talk to them. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, Quay was, Koi was definitely like the guy that we thought um, got the most photos, but at the same merit, like he deserved them because he has yeah, a great yeah, smile. That's what I'm, I'm sorry, like, but like he no, does. there's no apology necessary. Like, <laughs> yeah, just straight up, you know, good smile. What can you do? You know, charismatic what? guy. And you know, all I all I post is like I try to post happy things, and I'm excited, and I post, you know. So like he was, it was so easy for me to like post him. And hey, I gave love to everybody. I didn't 100%. like, you know, I I gave love to everybody. Um, all right. So what's the first one you want to talk about? Which one do we? Um, which one so, do we have here? Oh, uh, we have the winter photo. Oh, no snow day. Best day is ever. That- that photo, honestly, for me, because I don't think we've even experienced another snow day like that. since. That was almost two years year. ago. Exactly. That was just around this time. That photo for me just, like, captures New York. Like, captures the idea oh, yeah. of me leaving Texas and going to New yes. York to play football. Because, one, like, I maybe experienced snow, and I, I'm putting quotation marks in the air. Yes. In Texas once. Like, and it was not snow. And then we go out and have this practice and it's literally the field is blanketed in snow. And the the photo just gives me great memories because I remember we literally had like an offense defense snowball fight, hit some of the coaches too. And so it was just like, that day was incredible. And then was that also the day that we gave the helmet to you or is that a, yeah. In that the was snow? That day. Yeah, yeah, I have it. Yeah, I have the helmet. Yes, yeah. that, so was that was the day. That was I a cried. great, yeah. <laughs> that was it a was great such practice. A, you guys didn't know, like, how much I needed you guys. Like, you didn't realize I came into this, like, off a breakup, completely oh, heartbroken, man. in the worst place I'd ever been in. And then you guys give me these flowers and a helmet. And, like, I, I'd also, like, I loved who I worked with before, and like, I, at my college and stuff like that. But you were, like, probably the most appreciative group of people I'd worked with, like as a, as kids, like as athletes, you know, and I, and I worked with a lot of great ones. I'm not like dismissing them, but as a collective whole, you guys gave me 
just the most support and love as a person as well as a photographer. So like that, all those tears and feelings came out that day. Yeah, it goes both ways. I mean, <laughs> we felt the love and support. We would, oh, everybody was so excited. Like, oh, is Aaron going to be outside today? Go get some photos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) I always loved when I would come back after like one day and they'd be like, you're back. Where'd you go? Like, where'd you go? Yeah, where were you? We're expecting you out there. No, that was great. It Um, it warmed my heart every time. And that snow day was, I mean, that'll go down as one of the best days uh, for me ever. I mean, the photos that I shared, that I got of like the helmet on the field, like uh, of the snow, like I have, I have a photo with all of you guys. Like I got in a photo, like I have those printed out. Like I'm sure one of them's behind me um, or is in my room as well. My whole room is full of photos. Like it's just the entire walls are just, cause where else am I supposed to put them all? I love all the photos I take. Um, So yeah, that's a great one. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. I love that day. And then the second photo. Huh? What's the next one? Yeah, what's the next one? Second photo? photo is me coming down by myself with my arms stretched out. Um, <laughs> Are you I, down the hill a lot more? Like, is this way down the hill? I think. I feel like I. Yeah, this is. Up. I'm pretty sure this is down the hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe not, because there's yeah. two. Oh, there's one that I have in mind. Oh yeah, no. Oh, uh, okay, I know which one that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photo? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I just I don't love this photo just because it's like very expressive like i don't know i was in a really good mood i guess i don't even remember the exact day like what was going on that day but it's a really nice photo to like look back on and kind of just capture the feeling i had freshman year of just being able to play football and um yeah, oh, yeah you were then, spoiled freshman year having me huh? they didn't have you guys were spoiled oh, freshman super, year having me there super. like <laughs> And then, oh, the other good thing about these photos were that, like, I would send them to my mom and my dad back home. And so every time my mom received these photos, she's like, oh, like, I'm so happy to see my baby enjoying, like, football and school and blah, blah, blah. So um, I would get messages from parents and they're like, thanks for taking photos and sharing them. Like, we don't get to see our kid and their boys, so they don't talk to us as much. (laughs) Thank you. It's so, oh, here, yeah, I'm going on to see it now. Yeah, I remember that photo. Yeah, yeah, I really that's... enjoyed that. And you made an edit of it, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah, because I was having some fun after, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah. was that's Love a good that one. photo. And then <laughs> the last but not least, I think this one is actually my favorite, which is hilarious that you started this with, with Quake. <laughs> <laughs> Exposing me for what really happened before this photo. But uh, now, it's it, it still got to be not my number one just because it's, I, one, you posted it. And you know, like you just posted our two photos because um, there's two pictures of us coming down the hill together. And, and I just posted those two. Oh, you got you a special photo. Wow, yeah. that's a rare time. So, so I was like, okay. <laughs> See, so it did work coming down with Quay. No, <laughs> yeah, apparently it did. Oh my gosh. No, but I love that photo just because like we're both in a really good mood. Um, I also think it's a really good photo oh, of both of us. It is. I, okay, so I, went, I just went to your tag photos on Instagram and I found that post. Oh, yeah. I said some contagious smiles. Yeah. So I thought that was really nice. Smiles. And Quay's oh. like a really good friend of mine now. So, so time piece for it's sure. That's just so cool. Like, that's why I'm so glad I was there, even if it was only for a season. You know, yeah. like I got these photos for you guys that you'll hopefully be able to. No, 100%. I mean, that photo for sure, like when Quay goes off to do great things, I'm going to look at and show people and be like, yeah, you know, we were besties. Oh. <laughs> hey, I posted that one too, the one that you posted, that you the second one. I also posted yeah, that one. Yeah, you posted both of them. Oh, wait, this is such a good one. I'm now going through your tag photos. <laughs> There's a lot of you jumping up behind the guys. I love that <laughs> one too, because that one has the... um leaves changing colors which is also like another thing that does not happen in texas (laughs) so that one's like that one's just like a nice little oh it's fall yes yes and i was editing them a little differently too to like enhance stuff but yeah god it's it's crazy when i take photos every day it's so hard to remember what i've taken like i forgot about that are you kidding me and my favorite part when you guys walk down would be like the guys being like okay we gotta think of something else we gotta pose how are we gonna pose today 
day. Like, oh, okay. Like you're pointing at me. Peace out. Whatever it was. Thumbs up. Yeah. No, those oh, are great times. Great photos to look at and just kind of think about those memories and what it was like being a freshman. <laughs> no, so long crazy. ago. So long ago. But no, oh. honestly, really do cherish all the photos you've taken because like, those were just three and there's so many more. So thank mm-hmm. you for getting me and those photos. Oh, really appreciate so it. Hopefully next year I'll be able to come to a game. We'll yeah. see. And if not, I'll at least try to make it to a game as a fan if yeah. I don't have games. That's my pro- That's the problem is like I have games every day. And so like I have football games on Saturdays as well mm-hmm. sometimes. So it's like I can only come to so many. But um hopefully i'll be able to because like i know i would love to see the moms that i'm still that i still know because i got close to, like a few of the freshman moms because they were brand new and i was brand new and yeah. you guys were brand new so <laughs> all combination just worked really well um so hopefully i'll be able to come and if i don't even take photos even just seeing you guys no yeah even just you being there that's all we want yeah i'm your biggest fan i all, i say that all the time i'm still your biggest fan i want only good things for all of you whether that's on the field or off so. We want the best for you too. We're gonna see you on like, oh no, you'll be taking photos for ESPN or whoever someday. No, I like my job. I like taking photos for the kids. For, yeah, well, like whatever like you end it. up doing, and if you continue doing this, you'll be the best yes. at it. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk a little bit after this. But um, thanks for coming on. Thanks Thank for joining you for me for having me. So super awesome discussion. Really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Behind the Lens with EDL. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I thought that Josh had some thoughts that I just never really thought of um, pertaining the Black Lives Matter and, you know, systemic racism and all of that. So I hope you took something away from it. And I hope you enjoyed listening to us just talk and have a conversation about everything. That's basically what this podcast is. So I hope you enjoyed and I hope you turn in next week. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more consistent this month and I have a few more episodes coming out. So I'm really excited. And thanks again.